Good morning, church. It's good to be home. Amen. And uh, before you get seated, I know what you're thinking. You again? We want Pastor John. And uh, um, he'll be back in the saddle soon. Uh, so please, no writing. Take back those emails. Don't make no phone calls to the church. He'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. Uh, so we're just going to pray, and then we'll get into the Word, and then we'll read our scripture uh, for this morning. So, Lord, we just thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your presence in this place, Lord, this sweet presence in this place right now. We thank you, God, because we can come to this space, Lord, and we can draw from the well that never runs dry. And we just thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. Lord, we all come with different needs. We're all longing for something different. But at the core of our humanity, Lord, we long for you. Even if we don't know how to put words around it, we long for you. So I pray that you would fill us, Lord, this morning. That our cup, as the psalm says, would runneth over. Lord, and we will leave this place with renewed vision, renewed strength, Lord, with new, renewed passion for the things that concern you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. And um, as I was saying real quick, um, you know, pastor will be back soon in his rightful place. But listen, just real quick, uh, for him being the, the main preacher Sunday after Sunday for over a year, a year and a half, that's a lot of preachings. You know, that's a lot of sun, uh, preaching Sunday after Sunday. That's a lot of, you know, preparing messages week after week. And so if I had a soapbox, I'd step on it and say, do you know how hard it is to come up with new material or put together a sermon Sunday after Sunday? If you don't know, it's really hard. And so Pastor John deserves some, some, some Sundays off, even though he's here. And so we're glad that you got a little bit of rest. Amen. And we're here to help carry the load, obviously. Um, and I was thinking about how John is, Pastor John is a little, uh, well, he's different than I am, right? I mean, we're like the total opposite when it comes to certain things. But I was thinking about how, how diversity is a good thing, variety is a good thing. And, and so for him to see the end, the need, right, to bring in some variety or diversity, it speaks a lot about how he cares for the church. Because it's not a solo act, it's a symphony. Everybody has a part to play, not just because we're on here, but those that are serving, those that are serving behind the scenes, we're doing this uh, together. And so the fact that he is not afraid, because you know some people that know some people, that as a leader, they probably wouldn't bring someone else in because they would be afraid of competition. But Pastor John's vision isn't that, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, aside from our friendship, but to see that, they, you know, it's not about him. This platform isn't about him, but it's about what we can do as a team to point people to Jesus. Amen. And so this morning, I was noticing that we are in the sixth month of 2022 already, right? Meaning we are halfway done through this year. Incredible. And I have to ask, I really have to ask this morning, how are those New Year resolutions going? Somebody said, he's speaking in Greek. I have no idea what he just said. 
So let's take a poll here this morning. By show of hands, how many made, just, you know, just made some goals for this year? By show of hands. Okay, either the rest of you are lying or still asleep. I see some hands that just made some goals, right? Not that followed through, but at least some wrote something down. Or maybe you didn't write it down, but you thought about it. Anybody, let's do, let's do that again. So by show of hands, how many made some goals for this year? Okay, okay, okay. Now we're being honest, all right. By show of hands, how many started the goals for this year? Okay, okay. All right. And by show of hands, how many are still committed to the goals for this year? <laughs> and by show of hands, how many already quit the goals for this year? Everybody turn around and look at those. You can judge them. It's okay. <laughs> Quitters. Okay. And by show of hands, last one. How many did not even start on their goals for this year because you said, see, what had happened was. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty, brother. So, so I thought about how we would take this one Sunday, the last Sunday of the sixth month of this year, and hold ourselves, I'm sorry, hold ourselves accountable for the goals that we set for ourselves at the beginning of this year. And I know that those goals that you set for yourself or family they weren't just any kind of goals, but goals that you took time to hopefully really ask God, what do you want from me this coming year? What are the things that you want me to commit to a little bit more time this coming year? And so as we stand in the middle, watch this, in the middle of 2022, as the first half comes to an end and the second half is about to begin, here we are, halftime. It's halftime. And most of us here have made some goals for this year. And maybe it was a physical one. Maybe it was a financial one. Maybe a relational one. Uh, or maybe a career one. Maybe a spiritual one. But whatever the case was for you all, we, we all have made some sort of goals that we set for ourselves. Or at least we had a certain desire or a desire to do something. And not to mention, right, that we are surrounded by levels, right? We've heard the phrase, there are, there are levels to this. We are surrounded by levels that we hope to accomplish one day. Levels like fitness goals, relationship goals, friendship goals, family goals, squad goals, travel goals, Costa Rica goals, fashion goals, house goals, wedding goals, business goals, kitchen goals, you get the point, nail goals, skincare goals, mom goals, vacation goals, car goals, and last but not least, hair goals. Did I say something? <laughs> That's the response we give, right? When we see something that we would one day like to have, oh, that's vacation goals or, or, or relationship goals. And so our topic this morning is just that, goals, goals. And our foundational scripture is a little different today because it's not a story, but it's actually a proverb. And yes, it's found in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. And it reads like this. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So I'll read it the way I feel I think God would read it. In their hearts, humans, <laughs> humans, plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Humans, <laughs> 
humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I cannot tell you how much this proverb spoke to me over and over again. In their hearts, humans, humans, plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And isn't it funny how, how we can picture or even dream ourselves winning the lottery ticket? Thank you for being honest. Am I the only one? We've dreamt or we've even daydreamed ourselves winning the lottery ticket and what we would do with that kind of money. Can, can I get an amen? Pastor John's been waiting for this one. Can I buy an amen? Right? I need to coin that real quick. But at the same time, we rarely, we rarely picture or even dreams ourselves actually going to the store and buying the ticket. Like in the dream or in the daydream or in the vision, whatever it is, you just see yourself winning the lottery, but you never see yourself actually going to the store to actually buy a ticket. We're so worried about the course that we skip the steps. Or what about if you're like me, you buy a pair of jeans or a nice shirt a size lower. Can I get a witness? A size lower because that's going to serve as your motivation to drop some weight so that you can one day wear it. And we're all still waiting for that one day. And so we bought the reward for when that day comes, but we have, yet commit, we have yet to commit to the routine that it would take to drop the weight to enjoy the reward. I'll say that again, we bought the reward but we ha- but when that day comes, but we have yet to commit to the routine that it will take to drop the weight to enjoy the reward. We're so worried about the course that we skip the steps in their hearts, humans, <laughs> humans. Plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. It's like, it's like a team getting all the logistics ready for a championship parade in their city without them having to play throughout the season. It's like uh, trying to have this championship parade without ever going to practice steps, without committing to a routine steps, without removing distractions steps, without investing in their craft steps. In one particular interview, LeBron James made it, made it known how much he spends on keeping his, his body in ridiculous shape. And we're talking about food, workouts, treatments, and everything else that he does to stay on that kind of level. And LeBron went on to say that he spends around 1.5 million a year. In this case, 1.5 million to LeBron James is considered a step. Okay? And when he continues to accomplish as he rewrites history. But let me bring that closer to home and ask you the question that needs, that needs to be asked this morning. In the quest that you are in or that you have started, are you more focused on the course or the steps? And as you think of the goals you have set for yourself this year, is your focus more on the course, the reward, or is it the steps, the routine? I looked at this word goals for quite some time and then like a moment of enlightenment, it hit me, a eureka moment. And most of us here have had uh, experiences with setting goals in our lifetime. And maybe for some, you have been able to accomplish the goals. And for others, it's, it's been a struggle to accomplish the goals in the years past. I think for the most part, 
We all have had our share of accomplished goals and our share of unfulfilled goals. Would you agree with me? But I want to suggest to you that when you, we set our goals, for the most part, the goals are mainly for me, myself, and I. Which, let me be clear today, it's not all that bad to a certain extent, okay? However, when we learn to choose God over all life situations, when we choose God over all life's situations, when we choose the true goals, I see a light coming on, a light coming on, somebody's getting it, God over all life's situations. When we learn to choose goals, we get to accomplish the goals, not just for us, but for the people around us, for our team, if you will. And I suggest to you this morning, when we choose God over all life's situations, it goes, just, it goes beyond just the family goals. It goes beyond the fitness goals. It goes beyond the fi financial goals. It goes beyond the 365 days timetable that we have set for ourselves this year. When we choose God over all life situations goals, the course isn't as important as the steps are. Why? Because the course only has value if the steps are taken. If the steps are taken. It's goals, God, over all life situations, over goals. Because even when the goals we set don't go as planned because of setbacks or what have you, that doesn't mean that the rest of this year is useless. See, we can view it as such, but the one who stands outside of time the one that moves in the realm of the impossible, the one that can create a new thing by simply speaking it, says it's not useless. I can still do something with this. See, he looks at us in the midst of our distress and depression, frustration and confused state, and he says, I can do something with him. I can do something with her. I can work with him. I can work with her. And I think of how that must be the mind of an artist when they stare at a blank canvas. In the mind of the artist, they can already see what the final product will look like, while the average Joe doesn't have a clue of what, what to paint or much less what color to start with. Or I think Think of how a carpenter or a construction worker can look at a run-down, old, empty house falling apart, missing windows, and, and boarded up. And yet in the mind of the carpenter or the construction worker, they can already see the house restored and what color it will be on the inside and what color it will be on the outside. While the average Joe will say, no, 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 let's go look for something nicer and something that we can actually live in right now. And I think of how a mechanic can look at a beat-up car with dents all over the place, rust on the roof, lights missing, tires flat, different rims on each tire, the seats torn and half missing, the dashboard cracked and faded, but she'll turn on the car and hear the motor and there's no clinging noises and she'll say, I can do something with this, I can work with this because yes, women can be mechanics too. And I think of how God looks at you, looks at me, and he looks at us. And he sees that we're having a hard time being faithful. That maybe we're doing ha things half-heartedly and we're still struggling with the same issues from years ago. Same arguments in the home from a year ago. And yet he'll say, I can work with this. I can do something with him. I can do something with her.
See, the rest of this year is not useless. It's not about the course. It's actually about the steps. It's choosing God over all life's situations. And when we learn to choose goals, your life becomes a gift to others. Your life becomes a gift to others. We become what the psalmist says, like a tree planted by the rivers of living waters. Psalms 1 verse 3 says, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and, his, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. See, a planted tree gives forth fruit and fruit is what helps sustain life to those that come and eat of it, those that are connected to you. Are you with me? Here's what I'm saying. When we commit to the steps, we become planted trees. As a result of being planted, the fruit will grow. Fruit helps sustain life. So that when your team comes to you, your family comes to you, it's not distractions, it's not poison, it's not even gossip, it's not hate, it's not jealousy, but it's life that is given to them to consume. It is Jesus they consume. That I have come so that they might have life and life more abundantly in their hearts, humans. <laughs> humans. Plan their course. But the Lord establishes their steps, goes. And when we learn to choose God over all life situations, we get to be part of the best team ever assembled, better than the Avengers, ever known to humanity. It's the kingdom of, of God. Because it's not about the course. It's about the steps. The goal isn't the course, it's the daily steps. And I, I feel like sometimes we're so worried about, about crossing the finish line and Jesus is saying, just walk with me today. Just, just, just today, just walk with me today. And sometimes we're, we're looking forward to getting the gold medal or the trophy at the end of the race and Jesus is saying, just walk with me today and embrace this moment. Because victory isn't found at the destination. Victory isn't found at the destination. Victory is found in the daily steps. Victory isn't found at the destination. Victory is found in the daily steps. It's learning to choose goals. God over all life situations every single day. And no, it won't always be easy. But yes, it will always be worth it. It will always be worth it. It's, it's pixels, not pictures. It's pixels, not picture. Pixel, pixels are tiny squares of color that when connected to thousands of other pixels, it creates a picture that is visible to the viewer. The more pixels there are, the clearer the picture will be. See, our goals shouldn't focus so much about the picture hmm, as much as it should be about the pixels. Why? Because without the pixels, there is no picture. Without the steps, the course is useless. The tree that doesn't give fruit is purposeless, and a life without Jesus is meaningless. It's pixels, not picture. It's the daily steps. 
It's the daily steps. It's being planted by the streams of, of living water. It's choosing eternity over what is temporary. And Psalms 33 verse 11 says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. And the purposes of his heart through all generations. See, this verse is a reminder of his eternal perspective. That whatever goals we have, it's not just about you and me. And it's not just about today. It's not even just about our lifetime. See, the Lord's plans have purpose through all generations. And our goals can be a part of that eternal impact because we can all think of moments in our lives where we saw God's plan unfold even though in that moment we thought God was actually ruining our plans right can I buy an amen I'm gonna be broke when I leave this place it was because his plans stand firm forever and his purpose through all generations see when we choose goals Every other goal attached to that becomes that much more impactful, that much more greater, and that much more meaningful. And I know what you're thinking. You mean that me losing weight becomes that much more meaningful than wearing the jeans or the outfit I bought? Yes. You mean that me being financially responsible and more disciplined is that much more meaningful than having X amount of number saved up at the end of the year? Yes. You're telling me that me eating healthier is that much more important or meaningful than being able to use trendy hashtags with my uh, food pictures? Yes. How does all that become more meaningful when I choose God over all life situations? I'm glad you asked. Here it is. Whenever we choose to involve God in whatever it is that we're doing, here's the key. It stops being just about the natural. It stops being just about the natural. As one pastor put it, he puts the super in our natural so everything becomes more than just a natural discipline. I'll prove it to you. Remember the story of Daniel when he's taken captive and they place him in a jail cell and, and that part of the story where it says that Daniel purposed in his heart to not defile himself with the portion of the king's food. And he said, and he told him that after 10 days of eating nothing but vegetables and water, that he would be in better health than those that ate of the king's food, the best of the best food. At that moment, Daniel chose God over all life situations. It wasn't about fasting natural foods anymore. It literally became a spiritual warfare. The moment Daniel gave God some space in his life, it stopped being just about the natural. And it stopped being about fasting certain or, or restraining from certain foods. Not only did he look healthier after 10 days, but favor was given to him. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17 says, 17 says as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. It went beyond a natural discipline and food. So I'll say this. Who would have thought that eating lettuce and drinking water 
would have an impact for generations to come. But it does. I think even this church has participated in what has come to be known as the Daniel's Fast. Who would have thought that lettuce and water in a jail cell would have the impact it has had for many generations? But it does. The moment Daniel invited God into that space, it stopped being just about the natural. Everything changes when we choose God over all life's situations. And as the worship team gets ready, God doesn't want to be number one in your life. And that might sound strange to some of you, but God doesn't want to be number one in your life because to put him in number one is to essentially box him into a certain slot or a certain ranking. If I can say it this way, he doesn't want to be a certain priority on someone's list. He wants to be an all-encompassing not a number one on your list, but your number one through ten or however long your list is. He wants to be a part of every single area of your life. And so many times we exclude God when it comes to other goals because we think that has nothing to do with him, right? It's like, God, no, no, my business is my business, God. You ain't touching my money. You ain't touching my, 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 my career. You're not touching this or that. We exclude God from certain things, but not this year, at least not the rest of this year. If, if many of us started our goals and we've kind of fallen off the horse, we're going to get back on. We're going to choose to get back on this morning. And we're going to finish the second half of this year and be victorious. Come so that when December 31st comes, we can say, if it wasn't for God, who was on my side. See, when we choose goals, uh, we choose goals so that we can accomplish the goals. We choose God over all life situations so that we can accomplish the goals. So that we become a planted tree that gives fruit. That we focus on the steps and not the course. And we won't look past the routine that it takes to be able to enjoy the reward. That we will make sure that the pixel is as best as it can be so that the picture is as clear as it should be. If we're hoping to accomplish the goals for the rest of this year, may we choose God over all life's situations. In their hearts, humans. Ha, humans. Plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. May we learn to walk with Jesus, our rabbi, and follow the footprints. See, Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The Lord himself goes before you. And I love the ancient way of the school of rabbi and its student because the Talmud, the Talmud, the students, when they were training to be a rabbi, they imitated everything the rabbi did. The goal was to be exactly like your rabbi, the way, how, all the way to how he chewed his food and yes, even how he walked. But what captures me is that when they would follow their rabbi through the town, they would walk behind the rabbi and step in the footprints the rabbi left behind. And you, can you imagine teenagers following the rabbi and stepping in the footprints that the rabbi has left for them to follow? The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do 
not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I wonder what would happen if we could submit ourselves in such a way that we walk in the steps that he has established for us and choose to follow him fully, which means no, we don't have to know all the details of life. And yes, we're going to run into detours and dead ends and surprises, but the Lord goes before us. And we just got to learn how to submit and be and walk behind him and follow him. It's not a coincidence that Jesus tells his disciples, come, follow me. It's not a coincidence when he says, pick up your cross daily and follow me. It's this beautiful picture of a father, of a loving father going before his family. making sure that the way they go is safe for them to walk into. And if there's anything that awaits them that it will cause them harm, the rabbi would be the first one to encounter that. That's a picture of a beautiful shepherd that cares for his sheep. And we just got to learn to follow Jesus. What if we gave Jesus space in our goals? Life, just like Daniel did. But the second half, would you dare to give Jesus some space? Whatever goals you have, would you invite Jesus in those goals? Give him some space and let it change everything and let it just stop being about certain uh, the natural things that instead of just goals, let us choose God over all life situations and let it go beyond just us. It's halftime. And right now you have the opportunity to make adjustments. After this Sunday is over, it's over. A new half begins. Change the game plan if you have to. Make the necessary substitutions to be in better position to win the second half this year. But let me just say this, that life is that much more sweeter with Jesus in it. It's funny how you can go through something and years later you can use it and God will use it to speak to you. As was the case with me when I, I used to play back in the day. And you know you're getting older when you start using words like that back in the day or I remember. But when I played soccer in high school, I know I don't look like that no more. <laughs> I look like the water boy. But back then we played defensive right wing. I even remember the position. And... Uh, and there was this one thing, and our coach, so let me set this up uh, and explain why we lost all our games or most of our games. The coach we had wasn't really a soccer coach. It was, he was like an assistant football coach, but we didn't have a soccer coach because apparently nobody wanted to apply for that position. So the coach, the football assistant coach, one of the assistant coaches applied for that position. And I hope he's not watching because I'm, I'm telling everybody his business. But he took the job, I guess, for a little bit more money. So he wasn't really a soccer coach. So the... the our team, the soccer team, was actually teaching the coach. Okay, that's how bad it was. So that explains why we didn't win a lot of games. All we cared about was beating our rivalry. That was it. The rest, we didn't care. We just got to beat our rivalry. And so we'd, we'd always go into halftime, 3-0, 6-1. 
Uh, I think the last, the worst one we had was like eight, eight to two. Uh, but we were always going to have time, and we kind of knew it's like, uh, you know, it's just you know, we're not we're not playing for nothing. But we had this habit or ritual, if you will, that we would step on the, the field again after halftime. We would look at each other and we would throw up the signal zero zero. Meaning that the first half, it was history. There was nothing we could do about it. It's gone. Can't change it. But what we do have is another second half. And for us, it's zero, zero. A new game starts. We can't change the past. We can't change, we can't change the scoreboard of life. But we got a second half that we can have, that we have the opportunity to do something. And maybe this first half of this year hasn't gone as you planned. Maybe it started off well, and then it quickly just crumbled on you. But this is our halftime moment. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would come into your lives and bring to your knowledge, your attention, the adjustments that need to be made in your life. I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to stand up here and say, you need to do this. God hasn't given me that spirit of discernment, and uh, be glad he didn't. <laughs> but I pray that the Holy Spirit would tell you, tug at your spirit, that these are the things you need to adjust. These are the substitutions. The game plan has to change. And if you excluded God in any of your goals, now is the time. Today is the day to invite God, invite Jesus in your goals that it stops being just about the natural and that as we step out of this place, it's zero, zero. The first half doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it may have created some setbacks and it'll be a little bit tougher. It'll be a little bit more of a uphill climb, but it's zero, zero. And the second half is what matters. And even though I can look at the scoreboard and say, God, help me because I feel like I'm running out out of time. I feel like I'm losing the grip of my family. I feel like I'm just existing in this life now. You have this second half. to say many people didn't make it to this moment but you have and you are here your spouse is here your family is here and maybe they're not here physically but you're carrying them in their heart I plead as Paul would say I plead that you would invite God in your plans let him change everything And we won't go down without a fight. It's zero zero. And the enemy can bring up anything he wants to, but it's zero. To the second half of this year, I say it's zero, zero.
rest of this year is not useless. I feel like someone needs to hear that. The rest of this year is not useless. The rest of this year is not useless. He can still use it for his glory. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads where you're at. We're going to pray. Lord, we thank you for this halftime moment, Lord. The last Sunday of June, the sixth month of 2022, Lord. And for some of us, Lord, maybe our plans have gone rather good. We're on pace. But there are some, Lord, that are struggling. That they feel like they're failures, Lord. Even though it was a moment, they feel like failures. God, I, I thank you for this space right now, this Sunday, Lord, that, can, that we can reevaluate, we can adjust if we allow you, Lord, to come into our lives, Lord. And that's the thing, that we would give you some space, God, that we wouldn't exclude you from certain things in our lives, but that we would invite you to be a part of everything that we do. Just like Daniel in a jail cell, Lord, invited you in that situation, God, and whatever he chose to do, Lord, it made and has made an impact for generations to come. Lord, let the decisions we make in this day, in our lifetime, Lord, have lasting impact for generations to come. And I pray for those, Lord, that are hurting this morning. That kind of already given up hope and they just say, well, I'll just start next year. I'll try again, Lord. I'll try to start going to church again faithfully next year. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them even now, Lord, while they're watching online. God, that they would know that there's a second half. This is halftime. Lord, that they would make the necessary adjustments to be in a better position to be victorious. And the best position or place to be in to be victorious is in your hands. Forget about all states' models. Are you in good hands? The real question is, are you in God's hands? So we thank you for the people in this place, Lord. The hearts, Lord, that you are mending right now the hearts that you are healing, the visions that are being restored, the desires and the goals, Lord, that are being reawakened this morning, God. Families that are going to fight to the end, Lord. They're going to pick up those broken dreams, Lord, and say, God, we try to do this on our own. Even if it was our own business or our financial state, God, we're going to do this with you. Watch God change everything. When we learn to choose God over all life's situations. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Don't be afraid to invite Jesus even in the smallest things. I'm going to say this real quick and we'll come to a close. And I'm sure it's a true story, my, my wife and I. I didn't read this anywhere. But when we, were, when we started looking for a house, we were in a certain financial state. It wasn't, you know, we weren't prepared or we didn't have a certain amount. But I told my wife, I said, let's, let's trust God for, for his timing. And, and the, the future home, we'll, 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 our little girl Zoe will grow up in. 
did, we got together, we agreed that we would sow a seed. It came from our hearts. And we sowed a seed. Uh, I won't tell you the amount. I'll just let you know that it was a sacrifice for us. We ate sopa maruchan for that week. <laughs> that tells you everything. Uh, but we sowed a seed that was a sacrifice for us. And we, we sowed it to God, to our church. And I said, Lord, you know all the desires of our hearts. You know what we're wanting. But we want you to guide us. We want to walk in your footprints that you have set before us. And maybe like two months after we sowed that seed, we got a call from the, the person that was helping us. And uh, the waiting list was super long. We get a call, says, look, someone backed out. It was the floor plan we wanted. It was a corner lot like we wanted. And they had done some upgrades, which wasn't a deal breaker for us. I was like, we can do, we can work with that. And not only that, but it was since the person before us had started the process sooner, it was cheaper. So it was like, I don't know, $6,000 cheaper. And for some of you, $6,000 is nothing. But for us, it's like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And uh, everything just fell into place. And I remember, I remember looking at my wife. And she had never done that, you know, together, so to see for something like that. It was probably, she probably thought I was crazy. Like, what are you doing? But it was the first time we actually did something together as a married couple. That we agreed on something and we placed it in God's hand. So whatever it is that you have for us, whatever, how long, however long it takes, we know it will be worth it. No, it won't always be easy, but yes, it will always be worth it. And it just, just to see the happiness not, the, not just the house, but the, the faithfulness of God when you really put your trust in him and you make a sacrifice. And this is not an invitation for anything else, but this is our story. That even in the little things, it's like for a house, yes, we trusted God for a house, a home that our little girl can grow up in. And for us, it means a lot because I don't know about you, but we grew up renting our whole lives, apartment after apartment. And so for us to be able to offer Zoe a home that she can grow up in, with a room that was bigger than mine, it means everything to us. But we trusted God. We trusted God. So I say all of that to say, trust God. In your business, in your friendships, in your relationships, whatever it is, in your fitness goals, trust God. 